0: Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to takesbyfans.com slash watch. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, IR Radio. So however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Monday, folks. Week 16 in the NFL is about to wrap up tonight with Dolphins, Saints, Monday Night Football, and man, oh man, oh man, is there a ton, a ton, a ginormous game get you in amount on the line tonight the Dolphins who started one in seven have rattled off six straight wins out here folks now at seven and seven and folks 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 take a look at this screen real quick take a look at the screen are you ready all week 16 games have been played in the NFL besides this one, correct? So I, whatever happens when I click the outcome of this matchup, we should see maybe potentially maybe some playoff movement adjustments. So here we go. Let's see what happens if the Miami Dolphins win tonight. What happens? Folks, folks, folks. The Dolphins can get the 7th seed. The 7th seed in the playoffs. Are y'all understanding? The Dolphins started 1-7. in seven And they can get into the playoffs with just a win tonight. With just a win tonight. Now we have a lot of people to thank. For first and foremost is really the Texans. Thank you for beating the Chargers. But folks. The Dolphins can get in the playoffs tonight with a win. And for that, we had to break out our Dolphins canvas. Not the three-piece. We're just in one piece. But it's right here in the middle, uh, we had to take down our Saquon Barkley canvas, and no disrespect to him, but we got uh, we got a win tonight, folks, so Dolphins canvas up behind me, we've got a nice little Dolphins hoodie on, uh, so we are going all out for a little bit of luck for the Finns tonight, four-string quarterback for the Saints versus two, I mean, I don't want to say this should be a home run, but, uh, you know, we are sending our luck in good vibes, so we are rooting for the the Dolphins, and we also did take them minus three with our official picks yesterday on our pregame show. We'll talk about all of our four picks that we did decide on a little bit late in the week, but it came uh, all the COVID nonsense that we had to wait till really Sunday to make our official picks, and we did have four picks going into this week, and we did really good. Only missed on one so far, and then one is pending. So, um, today on the show, folks, NBA Daily 10, breaking down all the matchups from this, uh, this past week. 16, all the games on yesterday. Gonna break them all down here. So let's get 10 minutes on the clock. Do our NBA daily 10, and then start breaking down these matchups. So here we go. 10 minutes on the clock. Next 10 minutes, uninterrupted basketball talk of what we just of what we just saw yesterday in the NBA. In the 10 minutes, start right now. Alrighty, a couple of uh, a few, many, plenty, plenty, plenty of games on in the NBA last night. So let's start with this one: Magic at the Heat, and Jimmy Butler is back. So now. Now we can start betting the Heat a little bit more. Maybe not 100% because Bam Adebayo is still out, but Jimmy Butler, we know he's, you know, one of the top dogs here of this Heat team. So, love seeing this. The Heat get the win here, 93-83. to 83. Nice 10-point win here. Jimmy Butler, first game back, 17 points, 11 rebounds. Didn't shoot well, 35%, but, uh, you know, hey, getting his little feet wet, no big deal. He was a plus 16 on the floor, the best of the squad there for the Heat. So, very well done. Uh, The Heat were missing a lot of people as well. I mean, this was their starting lineup, folks. We got Gabe Vincent, Max Druss, Omer, uh, Yursteven, and Duncan Robinson. So, I mean, they're still missing all their players basically last night, and they still get the win because that's what Jimmy Butler does, folks. We had Gabe Vincent with 13 points, 8 assists. We had Max Druss, 13 points, and then Omer Yurt 16 points, 15 rebounds, very well done. And then Tyler Hero, a little uncharacteristic, bad game last night. Two points on five shots, what was up with that? He did have eight assists, we will give him a little bit of credit. And then shout out to Kayla Martin off the bench with 17 big old points, uh, able to carry the, <coughs> carry the load off the bench here for the Heat because uh, Tyler Hero was not. Alright, and then for the Magic, they did not have Cole Anthony, so we obviously did not expect them to win, and the leading score was Gary Harris with 20 points, and then the second leading score was RJ Hampton, 14 points off the bench, I mean, if those are your top two scores, you better hope everybody got involved, and they didn't, because only four people had double digit or more points, so, uh, Magic lose, they only put up 83 points, no Cole Anthony, classic loss there, but the big news here is that the Heat can get back on track, and that's what we want to see, because we know this Heat team is absolutely fantastic fantastic when they are at 100% strength, 100% healthy, 100% strength. Heat are the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference and only two and a half games back from that number one seed. So we know this is still a really great team and uh, they've been uh, getting it done. So shout out to Eric Spolstra, obviously still coach, we all know this, uh, for the Miami Heat. I mean, uh, you know, seven and three in their last 10 and, you know, missing Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo for at least the last 10 games, still getting it done. So big shout out to the coaching staff for the heat you got to love it he get the win last night 93 83 All right, next game up here is the Raptors at the Cavs. And the Cavs absolutely just demolished this Raptors team. The Cavs win, folks. Are you all ready for this? 144-99. to 45-point win here for the Cavs. And, man, oh, man. And they did it without Jared Allen at the 5. Could you imagine? Holy moly. So, Kevin Love gets the start here at the 5. And shout out to Kevin Love, man. He's been getting it done for this Cavs team as a nice role player. Always coming off the bench here. But, you know, time's call for this. Man to get in the starting lineup, and he absolutely dominates. Vintage Kevin Love, and you love to see it. 22 points, 9 rebounds in only 18 minutes. Holy moly. Yes, sir. We had Darius Garland, 22 points, 8 assists. Ricky Rubio at the 1, 16 points, 6 assists. Dean Wade, 17 points, and then Larry, Mar- uh, Laurie Markkannon, 20 points and 7 rebounds. Holy moly. And then off the bench, Denzel Valentine, 17 points, just to put that nice cherry on top of the cake here. Everybody was getting it done for the Cavs, and man oh man, shout out to this Cavs team all the role players getting it done with Colin Sexton out for the year and no Jared Allen and they still put up 144 points so super impressive last night and then for the Raptors, missing a lot of players as well folks, didn't really have anybody for their starters in the starting lineup, they had some decent performances, Yuto Watanabe 26 points, 13 rebounds, that was really well done, and then Chris Boucher 21 points, 5, uh, five rebounds that was kind of the two highlights of the game last night, but, uh, yeah, the Raptors, oh, man, Nick Nurse, you know, he, he's a good coach, but, uh, you know, even we don't think this man could really coach up this talent over here, okay, it's a little too lackluster, so, Cavs get the big old win, 144-99. to all right, next game up 76ers at the Wizards, and finally the 76ers blow out a team. I don't think we've seen a blowout in the last month, month and a half here for the 76ers, so we'll see if this is going to start to get back to the early start the first two weeks, three weeks for the 76ers, where they were so gosh damn hot, folks. So, 76ers win over the Wizards 117 to 96, big old dominant win here for the. 76ers. We had Seth Curry at the one, 11 points, nine assists. Tyrese Maxey, 13 points. Joel Embiid down low, Duna thing, 36 points, 13 rebounds. Tobias Harris, 23.7 rebounds. Fantastic. No Danny Green last night, which we are perfectly fine with. They don't need him. And then Furkin Korkmaz with 14 big old points coming off the bench here. So some nice, solid scoring. The uh, starters all got it done here. Matisse Thybulle fills in for Danny Green. At the three, but does basic Danny Green things. No points on one shot, you know, great defense, a plus 29 on the floor, and four rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. I mean, that is truly Danny Green to a T. Um, so the 76ers get it done. And then for the Wizards last night, Kyle Kuzma, what is this man looking like? 12 points. He had 10 rebounds. I'll give him the 10 rebounds, but a minus 23 on the floor. That was the worst on the team, and we see this very consistently. No Bradley Beal last night for the Wizards, so they do just naturally look up to Kyle Kuzma to now be kind of the number one option out here, and he doesn't put up number one option numbers, folks. So once again, still selling Kyle Kuzma, still selling. Selling this Wizards team a little unfortunate. We get Mantras Harrell off the bench, 15 points, four rebounds, real solid. He was a plus three on the floor. He was really one of the few players. There was like four players in total, but the other three of the four that had a plus in the plus minus, uh, the other three only played less than 10 minutes. So I mean, Mantras Harrell a plus three on the floor, and uh, that's basically their best asset for the Wizards, obviously besides Bradley Beal. So 76ers get the big old win, 117.96. All right, next game up, Grizzlies at the Kings, and John Morant is back, and they get the win. Love seeing this man back in action. 18 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds. Absolutely fantastic. And then Desmond Bain with 28 big old points as well. Grizzlies were decently holding it down with John Morant out. And now that John Morant is back, uh, you know, we'll see if they can propel themselves into the top three of the Western Conference. We know it's very tough to get into the top three of the Western Conference because, you know, the top three are Warriors, Spurs, and Suns. And we know those are Warriors, Suns and Jazz, excuse me, we the Spurs we could never get in the top three, ever. Uh, but Warriors, Suns, Jazz, are so gosh dang good, consistent, and deep. And the Grizzlies at that fourth seed, we know the Grizzlies are good, you know, winning without John Moran. but I don't know if they're kind of in that next tier of great teams uh, like the top three of the Western Conference. So Grizzlies, fourth seed, six and four in their last ten, playing very good team ball. Uh, so big shout out to that. So the Grizzlies get the win, 127-102 over the Kings. Who got it done for the Kings? De'Aaron Fox is back, 12 points, 5 assists. Buddy Heald back down to the bench, 2 points and only 3 shots, 0-2 from the 3. So once again, we are waiting for the Buddy Heald to trade. Potentially, you know, all the guards are back so they can bring Buddy Heald back down to the bench. You know, we saw Buddy Heald in the starting lineup because the guards were gone. Uh, but, you know, the Kings are still kind of adamant of moving off of Buddy Heald. There's no reason why this man should be playing on the bench here. So, uh, Expect the Kings to still trade Buddy Heald and we'll see which potential championship contender goes out for him at the trade deadline. Grizzlies get the win 127-102 All right, next game up Pelicans at the Thunder and the Thunder get a win here nice very well done 117-112 over the Pelicans close game all throughout in the Thunder get it done Lugans Dort 13 points a plus 13 on the floor the defense has been coming through perfectly here by Lugans Dort they move him to the 4 and I think that's the better option we don't love his his offensive production and it's not consistent enough to really play a 3 role so Dort at the 4 I think this could be great here for this Thunder team, and they're kind of streaking a little bit. What do we got for this Thunder team in the last 10? Their last 10 meetings, last 10 games. What do we got? 6-4 uh, and four in the last 10, trying to climb out of the gutter here. 13th seed in the Western Conference at... 12-20, uh, and uh, 20. got to try and get uh, to 14 wins to try and get in that 10th seed for that playing tournament. But I kind of like what the Thunder are doing here. Scrappy team fi- if trying to figure out the starting rotation to the T here to try and make that next step to a playoff kind of team. So Shea Gilles Alexander, 31 points, 5 assists. We had Josh Giddy, no points on 8 shots, but 10 assists and 10 rebounds. We'll take that. Jeremiah Robson Earl at the 5, 15 points, 7 rebounds. And then off the bench, Theo Melendon folks, 12 points and 5 rebounds. And also Kenrich Williams, 10 big old points and 5 rebounds. So, watch out for this Thunder team, folks. I think I'm liking it. And uh, uh and how could we forget? Aaron Wiggins filling in uh, kind of at the 3 for Lugansort because Lugansort was playing the 3. They moved him to the four, so Aaron Wiggins at the three, 24 points, six rebounds on 80% shooting, that's nothing Lugans does consistently, folks, so yes, this could be it for the Thunder, let's keep an eye on it as we progress kind of to to the midway point of the season, but very well done by the Thunder getting the win. And then for the Pelicans, that is our 10 minutes, but uh, let's uh, keep going here. We got uh, three more games to go over, so let's uh, finish it out a little bit quickly here. Brandon Ingram, no points. What the hell is that? Eight minutes, unfortunate there. Uh, no uh, Vuce uh, Valanchunas Jonathan Valanchunas last night so another reason why this Pelicans team should have lost Willie Hernandez Gomez filling in for Valanchunas at the 5, 14 points and 6 rebounds uh, let's, uh, let's shout out Josh Hart who truly got it done, 29 points, 10 rebounds 4 assists, 3 steals on 58% shooting unfortunately he could not single handedly will his team to a win here so Pelicans get the loon without with get the loss without Valanchunas Thunder get the win 117-112 all right, next game up that we don't even have to spend any time on. Pistons at the Spurs. Two garbage teams. Spurs blow them out. 144-109. We don't need to get into it. Next game up, Pacers at the Bulls. Bulls get the win. 113-105. Pacers l- made it look a little close. Sabonis playing the five here. 14 points, 16 rebounds. Still coming up short here. Let's shout out Karis Levert at the 127. Big old points, nine assists. Now that is interesting. We'll see if he still plays the one. And uh, we see this Pacers kind of shifting their starting lineup here. It's still resulting in the losses which, once again, just points to, hey, you just got to get rid of everybody and start fresh because this Pacers team, they they just don't win. Uh, so we'll see what the Pacers uh, continue to do with their starting lineup. And then for the Bulls, DeMar DeRozan. And, man, oh, man, shout-out to DeMar DeRozan, folks. So gosh-damn consistent, man. 24 points, 2 steals, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, a great night. We had Vucevic, 16 points, 15 rebounds, classic Vooch, And then Zach Levine, 32 big old points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. No Lonzo and They get the win, folks. Uh-huh. Bulls get the win. 113-105. And then the last game of the night, Nuggets at the Clippers. And we had Boston Jr. trying to take this game, tying three. And just watch this shot, folks. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? Just throwing up a prayer. Garbage. Um, so, Nuggets get the three-point win. 103-100. Clippers couldn't pull off that last second three to tie up the game. No Paul George for the Clippers, so we don't really expect them to win. And then for the Nuggets, Joe Kik, 26 points, 22 rebounds. Man, man, he truly got it done. But that was it. No... Aaron Gordon last night, so Jokic by himself can get it done, and that's what we know. Aaron Gordon really does not do anything beneficial for this Nuggets team overall. We still have our same feeling on the Nuggets. You don't bet them. There's no viability here. Yes, they get the win, but it was no with no Paul George last night. Not that impressive. Alright, so that was all the NBA last night. Let's quickly, quickly, quickly see if there's any great value tonight in the NBA. Um, don't want to spend too much time on this. Gotta get start getting into the NFL and breaking down that action, and it seems like uh, we cannot refresh our DraftKings page, so we will just move off of the NBA for tonight. We are laserly focused, locked into the Dolphins game. We don't need any kind of NBA bets tonight getting in the way of watching the Dolphins get into the playoffs and making everybody eat their own tongue in words about the disrespect that they showed towards Tua. He's about to be a playoff quarterback, folks. Come on. Give him his credit. All righty. So all the NBA that we needed to go over is done for today. So now let's start breaking down what we just saw happen yesterday in the NFL because it was kind of crazy all throughout. So here we go. First game up, Giants at the Eagles, and yes, sir, two teams truly impressed impressed us this week of uh, kind of erasing their past performances against division rivals. The first one, Giants at the Eagles. Eagles at the Giants what was it, 2-3 weeks ago? Eagles couldn't do anything offensively. Lost the game and kind of let us down a little bit. But then they just kind of erased that from our memory and truly got it done. This meeting against the Giants, Eagles get the win 34-10. to Man, oh man, the Eagles got off to a little bit of a slow start. They only put up 3 points in the first half, folks. So a little concerning, but that second half they turned it on 17 points in the third quarter 14 points in the fourth quarter it finally got going so we still feel very confident about this Eagles team and we are still leaving this Eagles team in the Super Bowl contender category We this is an updated rolling list for the final kind of four three weeks of the season We'll be adding to this list as we go through the show and moving some teams around in different categories um, throughout the show as well. But we can keep the Eagles as Super Bowl contenders. And look at this, folks. The Eagles are now the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs, and that's exactly what we wanted to happen yesterday on our pregame show. We talked about the scenarios of how it could happen, and those, and one of those scenarios happened. And now the Eagles are the seventh seed, and the Dolphins are trying to get that seventh seed as well in the AFC so shout out to the the Eagles for getting the win staying the course Nick Sirianni running game all that truly getting it done throughout the entirety of the game defense stepping up Uh, they made Jake Fromm look so gosh dang garbage that they had to resort back to Mike Lennon the Giants were good with going with Jake Fromm to see what they could get from him this week but mid game he was playing so gosh dang bad because the Eagles defense was good that they're like just go back to Mike Lennon um, the season's lost anyway. Go back to the Mike Glennon, who we know we're not going to keep because now we definitely know we're not keeping Jake Fromm either. So, man, oh, man. And you know that's unfortunate because we wanted to see what Jake Fromm could do. We've been kind of, you know, not really clamoring, but we've been really kind of wanting to see what we could get from Jake Fromm because we know what we got from Mike Glennon already. Nothing great, nothing consistent, no convincing, consistent wins against relative or relevant opponents. So, just an overall unfortunate day from Jake Fromm. Let's start with him since we're talking about how garbage he, <laughs> garbage he was. Uh, Jake Fromm went 6 of 17. 6 of 17 for 30, 35% completion percentage. Jeez, that is absolutely garbage. Uh, 25 yards on six throws. I mean, dink and dunk. I mean, you look up dink and dunk in the dictionary, folks. It's Jake Fromm's picture from this game. Unfortunate. No touchdown, and he threw a pick. His pick came in the start of the second half. The first drive out of halftime when the game is tied 3-3 and you can try and take the lead and put the pressure on the Eagles. Jake Fromm says no thank you and throws an interception. That kicks off the scoring for the Eagles. They score a touchdown off that interception. They score a field goal off the next drive. They score a touchdown off the the next drive. They score a touchdown off the next drive. They throw a The Giants throw a pick six on the next drive, and then the final drive is just a turnover on downs because the game is over. The Eagles go for it on fourth and one. Unfortunately, they don't get it, but this is kind of good by Nick Sirianni. Game over. You're up 34 to 10. Just try and do something. This Eagles team, they haven't been as kind of aggressive as some of these other coaches in the league of just going for it on every single fourth down in their territory, opponent's territory. It doesn't matter. They're going for it on fourth down. So Nick Sirianni getting his beak wet a little bit here on fourth downs. And this could, you know, help them out as they approach the playoffs. They could kind of go back to this. All right, what went wrong on this fourth and one? Uh, We have some nice experience with it. Can we kind of find tools? The play, was it the play, was it the execution, all that, but either way, they got some nice things on film here, so overall, we are still loving what we're seeing from the Eagles. All right, but back to the Giants and Jake Fromm being absolutely bad. So they bench him for Mike Lennon, and Mike Lennon doesn't do anything better because we've seen Mike Lennon over the last three weeks, and once again, it was nothing good. That's why we wanted to see what we could get from Jake Fromm because, you know, starting Mike Lennon, we we're expecting to lose. Starting Jake Fromm, yeah, we're still expecting to lose, but we could win because we don't know what his ceiling is. But now we know what his ceiling is, and his ceiling is basically the floor, folks. I mean, it's the same. You, it's, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that Batman's floor and ceiling. All right. Uh, so Mike Lennon, 17 of 27 trash. Uh, he threw, uh, is that 62%? Is that right? 17 of 17 of 27 is 62%. Is that right? That does not look right. That You round that up to 63%. Man, oh man, that number does not look right. But I'm not going to, you know, disagree with the calculator. Uh, so 63% from Mike Lennon, which is pretty good good i'll give them pretty good but the yards with the completions this is where it's not good 93 yards and 17 completions dink and dunk jake Fromm and mike Lennon are both in the dictionary of dink and dunk right next to each other uh mike Lennon, one touchdown he thrown in inter- threw an interception as well and his interception was a little bit worse because it was a pick six but either way it's just trash on trash um hat on a hat trash on trash same thing all right, Saquon Barkley, and this is kind of why we had to take down his canvas this week because and, you know, hang up the Dolphins for today's show. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 15 rushes for only 32 yards, so we can't even count on the running game. And once again, you can't count on the passing game, so they're just going to shut down the run, obviously, and they shut down the run, obviously. Uh, you know, 2.1 yards a carry, that is shutting down the run, folks. Devontae Booker, 6 rushes, 27 yards. Jake Fromm took off 3 times for 12 yards. That was the best thing he did. Did all game long, run the ball. Mike Glennon took off two times for 11 yards. Once again, kind of the best thing that these quarterbacks do is run the ball, and they don't do it well, so that tells you everything you need to know about them. All right, who are these quarterbacks trying to get the ball to? Kadarius Tony, leading receiver, and this is good. Kadarius Toney has been out for the last four or five weeks here. You know, rookie, really great gadget, kind of speedster, little bit of a Tyreek Hill-esque type of player. So we really could, you know, any team could really use this man. And the Giants have been really wanting to get this man truly involved in the offense. But, you know, in and out of the lineup and all that, not having a consistent quarterback and having two trash offensive coordinators now, you know, Uh, Jason Garrett, Freddie Kitchens, y'all know it. Uh, So, Kadarius Toney, leading receiver, four catches, 28 yards, but he was targeted nine times, uh, most of the team, so we'll give him credit. Uh, Kenny Galladay, three catches, 22 yards. Devontae Booker, four catches, 19 yards. Elijah Penny, four catches, 18 yards. And then, Avin Ingram, the tight end, four catches, 17 yards, and he was the one lone uh, touchdown score of the game. So, shout out to the tight end, tight end university. Y'all know how we love the tight ends over here. Alright, and then the Eagles, getting it done in the rushing and passing game and defense and all that. We love the team. Uh, But Jalen Hurts, 17 of 29, a little bit worse than uh, Mike Glennon. How crazy is that? He only threw 58% completion percentage, but his yards were a little bit on the point, folks. 17 completions for 199 yards. We'll take that all day. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. He fumbled once but didn't lose it. So, all right, solid there. Um, Didn't get it totally done in the red zone. Or just scoring in the first half, I should say. Um, uh, like we said, only three points in the first half. Uh, you know, look at these drives, folks. Five plays, six yards. Five plays, six yards. Four plays, five yards. Seven plays, 18 yards. Twelve plays, 58 yards. They miss the field goal. They got to the Giants' 23-yard line. And then they hit the field goal. And then it's the end of half. And then the, that second half happens and they put up 31 points. So just got to get out to a little bit of a better start here. And this is where we may start to be a little concerned with this Eagles team of getting out to like slow starts. This is how the Eagles lose, folks. Getting out to slow starts, turning over the ball in the first half uh, when they're approaching the red zone and all that. So we still love the Eagles and I still am going to keep them in the Super Bowl contender category, but that is the one thing that could be the Eagles downfall getting out to a slow start, but the fact that they put up 34 points basically all in the second half that's that's perfect. They flipped the switch, they made the adjustments and that's a big old green flag for us. Alright, rushing attack. Now, this is where it could get a little unfortunate as well. Miles Sanders, leading rusher, seven rushes for 45 yards, but, but, running back, Miles Sanders broke a bone in his hand yesterday, and he'll have an MRI today, an additional test to determine if there's If there is other damage and whether or not he can play through it. So he left the stadium in a soft cast and we'll see if Miles Sanders can play through the pain. If there's any big structural damage and all that. And we know this Eagles rushing attack is very, very good. So missing Miles Sanders could truly derail their Super Bowl aspirations, honestly. Uh, Boston Scott though 12 rushes 41 yards and a touchdown and then Jordan Howard nine rushes for 37 yards So I would I, I've got no problem you know you know feel like, uh, having Boston Scott and Jordan Howard as kind of the running back by committee if Miles Sanders needs some time off here for the Eagles we are still comfortable with their running back by committee if Miles Sanders is a no go for the rest of the year we still believe they can get it done we still believe the rushing attack can be great and we still believe this Eagles team can get to the Super Bowl. All right, and then who is Jalen Hurts slinging the ball to? We had Devontae Smith, folks. Leading receiver, five catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Shout-out to Devontae Smith, folks. That man is absolutely fantastic. Rookie wide receiver. Shout-out to him. Quez Watkins, three catches, 43 yards. Dallas Goddard, two catches, 28 yards. Jordan Howard, two catches, 19 yards. And then Jalen Rager, two catches for 15 yards. So the Eagles get it done. They beat the Giants. They get the revenge on the division rivals. They get the win at home. Get into the playoffs as of now. Control their own destiny. All that. Shout out to the Eagles, shout out to Nick Sirianni, shout out to Jalen Hurts, and shout out to that Eagles defense absolutely getting it done. So, Eagles get the big old win, 34-10 over the Giants. Alrighty, next game up here, and uh, you know, classic Vikings will do classic Vikings things. Rams get the win here, but it was close. 30 to 23. So the Vikings, folks, just the turnovers are absolutely killer. Kirk Cousins with the interception. He also fumbled three times, didn't lose any, but still fumbled in chances of losing the ball. Losing possession and all that. Like we know the Vikings do. They do it all the time. They fumbled their way out of the playoffs this season, folks. Like they do kind of every year. They fumble it. They fumble. They they get into the playoffs. Everything's going good. And then they fumble it and lose and all that. So classic Vikings, folks. We've been saying it all season. Yes, Kirk Cousins' interception didn't result into any points. But, but it took away points from him because he threw an interception at the 8-yard line on third and goal so they're at least you know gonna get three points out of it you know could have gotten a touchdown if he completed that pass instead of completing the pass to the opposite team and you know they were down 7 nothing at that point so real early on in the game at home trying to set the tempo and Kirk Cousins gets in the red zone and throws an interception so once again no buyability, no bad ability no believability in this Vikings team because we get the same thing over and over and over and over again folks don't fall in love with Kirk Cousins stats With Delvin Cook's stats, anything like that, it's the same garbage nonsense over and over. Uh, The same garbage unclutchability over and over and over again. And we're truly done with it. The Vikings must blow up the entire team. I get rid of Mike Zimmer. I get rid of Kirk Cousins. And I get rid of Delvin Cook. I'm good at running back with Alexander Madison. We will have to probably find another quarterback. We don't really know what Kellen Mund is going to do. And then we'd obviously have to find a head coach, but I've got one great one in mind, and that is um, um, Peterson, uh, uh, Doug Peterson, uh, ex-coach of the Eagles, who unfortunately does not have a job these days for some unknown reason to me, because I think he's definitely top 10 coach in the league, Um, so uh, Vikings just got to blow it all up, folks, that's what it is. Um also, what do they got? Uh no, they they settle for well, they didn't really say they needed two possessions either way. But uh, you know, Vikings they lose by seven here, Rams get it done. Uh, Rams took a little bit, you know, uh, you know, a little uh, slowly but surely here to win the game. Not really blowing out the Vikings here. Solid defense. This Vikings team is a solid team overall, folks, but they don't win. Yes, they make it competitive and look, you know, optically like they're a good team. Uh, so we're not gonna kind of fade or kind of fall off the Rams for having a close game out here, folks. Games are usually close. We got a couple of upsets this week, a big one in the Texans, folks. We'll break that down, everything, when we get to the game here. Uh, but the Rams do get the win, 30-23. to Score a touchdown on their first drive, uh, then a field goal a couple of drives later, and then, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford, three interceptions in this game, and that's kind of alarming here, but once again, the Vikings could not win the game with Matt Stafford throwing three interceptions, folks. And Matthew Stafford fumbled, didn't lose it, though. Uh, But you all know how we feel about... Teams not converting on the turnovers and making their opponents pay. That's another thing that the Vikings don't do. So, here we go. Matthew Stafford. Let's start talking about him and his interceptions and all that. And we'll see what the Vikings did off of those turnovers. So, Matthew Stafford goes 21 of 37. Also had this dude on my fantasy team on the championship round. And he lays the biggest egg. Luckily, I'm still going to win. Knock on wood. I got three players tonight. Only need like five points. But still, knock on wood here. Uh, Matthew Stafford. 56% completion percentage. Nothing great there. 197 yards. Dink and dunk. Matthew Stafford. We've never seen that by him. One touchdown and three interceptions. All right. Let's look at what the Vikings did off these interceptions. First interception by Matthew Stafford comes in the second quarter. The Vikings get three points out of it. Second interception comes off the first drive of the second half here by the Rams. Vikings don't do anything with it. They go 11 yards. Uh. Uh, Last interception by Matthew Stafford. It does result into a touchdown. Ten points off of three turnovers, and you lose by one possession, folks. I mean, classic Vikings. No, folks. I mean, we say the same thing about the Vikings every week because we see the same things every week, folks. Jeez Louise. All righty. Matthew Stafford gets it done um, in the fourth quarter. Ten points. Bingo, bingo. Puts the game away and all that. All right, rushing game here by the Rams. Fantastic. Sony Michelle leading rusher. 27 rushes, 131 yards, and one touchdown. Shout out to Sh- Sony Michelle and shout out to Sean McVay for making the trade, getting Sony Michelle, and then sticking to the run game with Sony Michelle proving that he can get it done and not letting Matthew Stafford, you know, sling the ball fifty times every single game and everything like that. So love seeing Sony Michelle get these reps and get those uh production yards. And then who was Matthew Stafford slinging the ball to? Obviously, Cooper Cup, leading receiver, 10 catches for 109 yards, obviously. Tyler Higby, 5 catches, 41 yards. And then OBJ, 4 catches, 37 yards, and he scored another touchdown, folks. OBJ getting fat. He's happy. He's not speaking out. His dad's not speaking out. And Sean McVay is kind of, you know, uh, keeping it uh, under wraps and under control. So we shout out to Sean McVay again off of that.
1: Alright, now
0: the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, stats are good, folks, these stats are good, 27 of 38, 71% completion percentage, fantastic, 315 yards, fantastic, one touchdown, eh. one interception, meh, not good, one to one touchdown, interception ratio, and still lose the game, unfortunate. Alexander Madison uh could have done a little bit better obviously 13 rushes for 41 yards and a touchdown probably could have you know stuck to the run game a little bit more out here Alexander Madison can get the job done folks he scored a touchdown I believe he was was he the first one to score for this Vikings team. Uh, they got a field goal, a couple of field goals in the first half, touchdown, first touchdown was Alexander Madison, folks, so shout out to that man, opening up the scoring for the Vikings because Kirk Cousins could not do it himself. Um, so we love Alexander Madison, Pearl Bowl snub, we all know. And then Justin Jefferson, who was uh, Kirk Cousins slinging the ball to? Justin Jefferson, leading receiver, 8 catches, 116 yards. K.J. Osborne, 5 catches, 68 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Conklin, 4 catches, 44 yards. Adam Thielen kind of got knocked out of this game, unfortunately. 3 catches, 40 yards. Alexander Madison, 3 catches, 29 yards. And then C.J. Ham, 2 catches for 13 yards. But uh, this Vikings team is the same old Vikings team, folks. <clears throat> Uh, there's two teams that we know what we're going to get every single week is the Vikings and the Panthers. And I cannot wait to talk about this Panthers game, folks. But we got to wait a couple of games till we get to that. So the Rams get the win 30-23. to Alrighty, next game up here, Bills at the Patriots. And this was one of our official picks of the week that we made on our Sunday show. We had four picks officially that we were comfortable betting on this week. Uh we had to wait till Sunday because of all the COVID ins and outs. We weren't sure who's gonna play who's not going to play, where the line was going to sendle because of all of who's in and who's out and all that. So we waited till Sunday, our pregame show, to make our bets. And we ended up taking the Patriots minus one. And obviously that was the wrong call. The Bills get the win here and a really solid, impressive win here, winning 33-21. Uh, the Bills, got, you know, were a little uh, confident going for it on fourth down in the Patriots territory, I believe on this first touchdown drive, uh, fourth and two at the New England three yard line. They go for it. It's a 0-0 zero, zero game, first possession. They go for it. They get the touchdown. Bingo, bango. They go up 7-0, but then the Patriots go down, tied up, 7-7, seven, seven, making it close. Bills get into the field goal range. They kick the field goal. They get an interception off of Mac Jones. They go down the field, and then they go for it again on fourth down, and they don't get it, so kind of 50-50 rate so far, one great decision, one still good decision, I think it's good to keep up the pressure here, especially on the road, um, division rival, especially of how the Patriots won, and kind of how it was a little disrespectful a little bit in their last meeting, and you know, Bills getting beat at home in their last meeting against the Patriots and all that, so you know, being aggressive and all that, Um, they don't get it, but then they're right back in the red zone and they score a touchdown. And then, you know, they were really in the game the entire time, folks. A 17-7 lead going into halftime. Patriots didn't really make it that close. And then the Bills are able to just to keep up the scoring in the fourth quarter. Touchdown, touchdown, bingo, bingo, icing the game. And, uh, Patriots go on a long drive, seven-minute drive, uh, Their first drive after halftime, 16 plays, 75 yards for seven minutes, trying to kind of get back in the game and steal momentum and energy away from the Bills, but then the Bills just go down on their own long drive themselves, five minutes, 66 yards, and score a touchdown, and really just kind of ices the game there. Uh, so the Bills get the win. Josh Allen was slinging this ball around, looking pretty solidly while doing so. Uh, didn't really stick to the run game, so we're still, you know, all in on Josh Allen here in Buffalo. They only believe in Josh Allen to win the game himself. Leading passer, leading rusher, all that. Uh, you know, rushing with running backs, we'll get, it, get into it in a second here. But let's uh, start talking about Josh Allen and his numbers. So here we go. Josh Allen goes 30 of 47, slinging around the ball. 47 attempts, Jesus. louise He threw 63%, we give that man credit Slinging the ball 47 times 63%, yeah, we'll give him that uh, 314 yards, very well done 3 touchdowns, no interceptions And he did not fumble Clean game here by Buffalo And that's definitely what they're going to need If they want to try and get to the Super Bowl all right, in the rushing attack, Josh Allen, leading rusher, 12 rushes for 64 yards. Now, we love Josh Allen rushing. We've got no problem with that, but we just want this rushing game established with actual running backs. We get Devin Singletary, 12 rushes for only 39 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's really below average. If you're if you're averaging under 3.5 yards a carry, you are below average, and that's what Devin Singletary is, folks, below average. Zach Moss ran three times for 12 yards, so running backs, they only ran... 15 times with running backs, folks. I mean, what are we doing here? Can they get the running game established? They can't. They don't believe in it. Brian Dable doesn't like it, doesn't believe in it, anything like that. So this Bills team is still one-dimensional, maybe two-dimensional defense and offense because this defense is still solid. But, man, oh, man, the Bills, uh, I think that's going to get them in trouble. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, well, yeah, they are in the playoffs now at the fourth seed. Um, and, you know, they overtook the division last night and all that. But uh, overall, I don't know how far this Bills team can go. Now that this Patriots team lost, we are still kind of trying to figure out, if is this Patriots team good? Are they a good win? Is this a quality great win by Buffalo? Or are the Patriots just frauds? Is Mac Jones even good? I still think he's good. I still liked what I saw from the majority of them last night, unfortunately, Josh Allen played a little bit better overall. All right. Uh, So Josh Allen, leading rusher, leading passer, all that. Who was Josh Allen slinging the ball to? We had Isaiah McKenzie, 11 catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, folks, 7 catches, 85 yards and a touchdown. Devin Singletary, 5 catches, 39 yards. Emmanuel Sanders, 2 catches, 20 yards. Jake Kumro, 1 catch, 13 yards. Zach Moss, 1 catch, 13 yards. And Dawson Knox, 2 catches, 11 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah McKenzie was really kind of the player that... Single-handedly, if we're tracing back any player that kind of single-handedly won the game for the Bills, it was Isaiah McKenzie stepping up, 12 targets, 11 catches, 125 yards, and the touchdown. Big catch after big catch after big catch after big catch after big catch uh, 11 times, folks. So fantastic, fantastic there by the Bills offense. All right, and then the Patriots. Mac Jones didn't play his best game, obviously, but still, it's still these receivers holding Mac Jones back a tiny bit. Mac Jones is unfortunately having to try and elevate all these tier two weapons at the tight end and wide receiver position. Uh, you know, and that's nothing that you truly want your, you know, rookie quarterbacks to do. Um, Jalen Hurts, I know he's not a rookie, but, you know, still uh, this season he was still kind of active chasing his first 16 games. Um, you know, he's got Devonte Smith. We've got, uh, who else has got? Uh, we have Joe Burrow. Once again, he's not a rookie second year, but he's got Jamar Chase, who's exploding through the scene. Younger quarterbacks having great A1, tier one uh, wide receivers. Tua's got Jalen Waddle, That's proving great for him and all that. Mac Jones does not have that receiver. Trevor Lawrence does not have that wide receiver. Uh, Justin Fields does not have that wide receiver. And all three of those quarterbacks, Quarterbacks are absolutely not great. Zach Wilson doesn't have Corey Davis anymore, and he's been slipping and sliding. This, well, the, the entire year, Zach Wilson hasn't really shown us anything great. But it has not had Corey Davis consistently in the lineup. So everybody's knocking Mac Jones so hard, and nobody's knocking any of these other rookie quarterbacks. Nobody's knocking Trevor Lawrence. Nobody's knocking Justin Fields. And why? Why? Why is everyone just knocking Mac Jones because he's got Bill Belichick and because he had some great success year one and now he's not having great success and everybody just wants to knock on him and call him trash i don't know if i i don't know if i, I well i don't go with that narrative you know we've kind of been you know uh uh you know uh, pra- i don't want to call it praising but we've been c- talking nicely about Mac Jones really the entire season because you know we're, we we kind of love what he's doing with the football and how he's placing it and most of the throws he makes are really really good solid good starting quarterback winning winning quarterback play throws that he makes so i'm not ready to knock mac jones i'm not saying anything ab- uh, negative about mac jones everybody in the media is i am not getting on that train So, Mac Jones goes 14 of 32. That is not good. Uh, 43% completion percentage. He had 145 yards solid there um, on 14 completions. No touchdowns, two interceptions. Definitely cannot be having that type of performance production right there. First interception comes in the second quarter. Bills get no points out of it. That was their turnover on downs, not getting it on fourth and one. Second interception by Mac Jones out here. Comes in the fourth quarter. Last drive. Trying to do something to win this game. And he throws an interception there. But once again, I mean, they were down two possessions. Can't do anything. Just trying to do something. So, really, the interceptions. No points by the Bills. So, can't really put that on Mac Jones of really kind of throwing away the game. Um, so, still not knocking Mac Jones, folks. Rushing attack here, no Ramondre Stevenson. And that's really why the Patriots lost, folks. No Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, you put Ramondre Stevenson in this game, the Patriots win by 50 points. Easy peasy, no debate, folks. So, no Ramondre Stevenson. Dam- Damian Harris is the only re- uh, running back really to play. Damian Harris, 18 rushes for 103 yards and three touchdowns. Fantastic. Mac Jones took off six times for 33 yards. Alright, Who is Mac Jones slinging the ball to? We had Jacoby Meyer, 6 catches for 59 yards. Kendrick Bourne, 2 catches for 33 yards. Brandon Bolden, 2 catches, 20 yards. And Nikhil Harry, 2 catches for 15 yards. So, Patriots come up a little bit short to get off to another slow start here. We saw this Patriots team get out to a slow start against the Colts. Kind of beat them throughout the rest of the game. Patriots got out to a slow start here. They didn't beat Buffalo for the rest of the game, but they still just got out to a little bit of a slow start. No points in the first quarter. So, you uh, you know, we'll see if this Patriots team can start getting out to a little bit of hotter starts, getting Mac Jones into a comfortable rhythm real early on so he doesn't have to wait till you know, second half to get acclimated for him to make all those great throws and doesn't get behind the eight ball. We'll see what Josh McDaniels can do here to make it a little bit easier for Mac Jones as this Patriots team is still trying to keep their playoff position here and keep the playoff spot at the sixth seed. They could lose. If they lose out, folks, they could potentially lose their playoff spot, so... Patriots uh get the loss here 33 to 21 over uh, against the Bills. All righty, next game up here and folks, 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 folks. Folks. Folks, I want to introduce you to our newest sponsor of the show, folks, the Carolina Panthers, because they have been giving us money, 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 money. Folks, when I say money, I mean money, hefty bills, folks, money here. The Panthers have been single-handedly keeping takes by fans afloat, folks. So thank you, thank you, thank you to the Carolina Panthers of just having one of the worst First teams ever assembled out there on the football field. And it's really only three? Is it really? Yeah, it's really like three players here. Three people, I should say. Three people overall in the Panthers organization that have been kind of contributing way more to the show than others. And those three are uh, Matt Rule, trash head coach, worst head coach in the league. uh, Now that Urban Meyer is gone, Urban Meyer was the worst. And then when he's gone, now Matt Rule is the worst. I take Dan Campbell. I take Robert Sala um, over. I take David Culley. Um, I take them all over Matt Rule any day of the week, any day of the week, every day of the week, um, and then every other day if the galaxy that is not uh, known to Earth. I take it all. Um, so Panthers lose again here. Or I gotta name those other two players. It's Matt Rule. Well, we all know it's Cam Newton, and it's Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold actually played yesterday. Yes. Could can you believe the words coming out of my mouth, Sam? Cam Darnold and Cam Newton got into the same game and both threw passes in the same game and y'all still took the Panthers plus 11 and a half points folks let's calculate the score shall we let's see 11 and a half points did the Bucks cover the spread here this is close folks so I got to break out the calculator because the the final score was so close it's coming down to like the final point here so let's get out the handy-dandy trusty calculator Calculator to see if the Bucks covered the 11 and a half points. Here we go. The Bucks win 32 to 6 Alrighty folks, let's see is that more than 11 and a half points 32 to 6. I can't do the quick math It's so so close here 32 minus 6 is 26 points is 26 greater than 11 and a half. I would say it's almost double well, it's more than the double. Actually, it's almost triple. But either way, Bucks get the win here. 32 to 6. Stop betting the Panthers, folks. Please, for the love of everything that is good in this world. Please stop betting the Panthers, folks. I can't, I I literally cannot stress it enough, folks. I have said this these words, these exact words, these words right here. Stop betting the Panthers. We have said those words every day on the show for the last two months, folks. And what have y'all kept on doing? Betting the Panthers. We showed y'all y'all were betting the Panthers. Y'all can't avoid it, folks. I had the proof. I had. And it's recorded, folks. It's on YouTube. It's recorded. It's in there, folks. I am seeing y'all bet the Panthers because on our pregame show. The line of Bucks minus 11 and a half was at plus 100 odds. Panthers plus 11 and a half was at minus 125 odds. So y'all were showing me in 4K HD that y'all are still betting the Panthers, and I just don't understand why. You could give me a million points with the Panthers, and I still don't take it. They would lose a million points. Uh one million one to one million folks like or uh, whatever it is, one million to one. Whatever it works out, I do not even take one million points with the Panthers, folks, because I know that is bad value overall. I know it. So, Bucks get the win. Panthers are abysmal as hack, folks. It's Cam Newton and it's Sam Darnold. Cam Newton is trash and Sam Darnold is trash. So why? Why would I believe in two trash quarterbacks instead of just one trash quarterback? Of course they lose, folks please stop with I am begging I am pleading y'all aren't even listening to me my, my pleas and begging is going empty um, you know into the void here because y'all are just not listening if you just listened folks that's all y'all I literally make it so easy for y'all y'all just have to listen are y'all listening cause I'm talking so all y'all have to do is listen but y'all I don't know what y'all do I truly don't know what y'all do sometimes folks it leaves me perplexed but back to the game here Panthers are trash we know this stop betting them but we will continue to bet against them for the last two weeks because there are still two more weeks to make money on betting against the Panthers folks So here we go. Let's start with the absolute garbage. Should we take out the trash first, folks? Are y'all ready for this? Sam Darnold, let's take him first. Here we go. Sam Darnold goes 15 of 32. That is absolutely trash. 46% completion percentage. He had 190 yards. I'll give him that. I'll give him one little silver lining, green flag, 190 yards on 15 completions. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He fumbled, but didn't lose it. So I guess no turnovers, but still only put up six points. So there was no difference. If he threw the turnovers, you still put up six points. If you don't throw turnovers, and they still put up six points. So trash overall by Sam Darnold. And then Cam Newton, like we know, is trash. He threw seven of 13. 7 of 13, for 53% completion percentage. That is trash as well. 61 yards, no touchdown. He threw an interception. Classic Cam Newton Interception came on the second drive of the game after they couldn't get it done in the red zone at 4th and 5 at the 6-yard line, 3rd and 5 at the 6-yard line, 2nd and 3 at the 4-yard line. They can't get it done, and they have to settle for a field goal, and that's really where, you know, the demise of the Panthers started, which it usually always starts on the first drive. So, uh, you know, Panthers go down, they have to settle for a field goal, Bucks get a touchdown, and then Cam Newton thinks it's the genius idea to turn over the ball like he does all the time, and the Bucks go down and score three points off of it. So trash by Cam Newton, trash by Sam Darnold. Cam Newton is once again going to be uh, out of the league and for rightful reasons out here. So expect that man to be gone now that Sam Darnold can actually go out there and play and be trash. They'll stick with that trash. Uh, Cam Newton was the leading rusher so I guess if you want to take that away from it okay, Cam Newton 5 rushes for 42 yards, Sam Donald rushed once for 11 yards Chuba Hubbard 6 rushes, 9 yards I mean they weren't even sticking to the run game they weren't even trying to run the ball Um, so I don't know what the hell Matt Rule is doing out here but he's got some great quotes, oh man you should listen to what Matt Rule says after the game we'll talk about those in a second when we get to it but Matt Rule is trash as well, once again the 3 that we attribute to the Carolina being trash Matt Rule, A1 Tier 1 reason. Uh, Sam Darnold, A2 Tier 2 reason. And Cam Newton, A3 Tier 3 reason just because he's only been here the least. So all that is absolute garbage here. You get rid of everybody. You move off of them. You move off of everybody there. Um, all right, who are these quarterbacks trying to get the ball to? We have Shee Smith, three catches, 86 yards. Robbie Anderson, five catches, 58 yards. CJ Moore, five catches, 55 yards. Tommy Trumbull, two catches, 22 yards. And Reggie... Bonifon, two catches for 12 yards. Not getting it done. And then for the Bucs, finally putting up points here. No points last week, 32 this week. What changed? Well, they played the Panthers this week. That's the only thing that changed. Tom Brady, he threw 18 of 30. Nothing great, 60%. It's not like Tom Brady was playing flawless, and that's why they won. It's just because the Panthers are so gosh dang abysmal. That's why, folks. It's not like Tom Brady... Played like Joe Burrow last night. And did y'all see Joe Burrow last night? Holy moly. Can't We're, we're watching that on Wednesday. I'll, I'll, I'll tell y'all right now. We're watching that great performance on Wednesday. It's fantastic. Um, but back to Tom Brady. It, he was not Joe Burrow. 60% completion percentage. 232 yards. One touchdown. No picks. Only one passing touchdown by Tom Brady. All right, the running attack. We had Keyshawn Vaughn, seven rushes for seven, or yeah, seven rushes for 70 yards and a touchdown. Ronald Jones, 20 rushes, but only for 65 yards, not the greatest. One touchdown. Um, so decent running back by committee there. And then who was Tom Brady slinging the ball to? Didn't have a lot of the receivers, but Antonio Brown was back, leading receiver, 10 catches, 101 yards. Cyril Grayson. Three catches, 81 yards. Rob Gronkowski, one catch, 23 yards. Ronald Jones, two catches, 16 yards. And then Cameron Bright, the tight end, two catches, 11 yards, and a touchdown. But, I mean, folks, were those offensive numbers, like, eye-popping? No, it's the Panthers being trash. Stop. Betting the Panthers, please, folks. I couldn't even believe it that the Panthers spread wasn't even the largest spread of the day, folks. Are you kidding me? Stop betting the Panthers, please, folks. I am begging y'all. I am absolutely begging y'all to stop betting the Panthers. Begging y'all. All right, and then Matt Rule, you know, the great coach he is, the coaching guru who knows how to get everybody motivated and everybody to buy into the team here. After the game, he told uh, reporters that he told this team, says, quote, as I tell our team all the time, it took Jay-Z like seven years. Matt Rule is comparing himself and this team to Jay-Z. And also in the mix while saying it's going to take seven years to get it done. Seven years, Matt Rule. You think you're going to get seven years of garbage just for maybe, maybe something successful? I doubt it. So that's what Matt Rule is saying. Hey, I need seven years here. Hey, folks, it takes seven years. You know, we get four wins this year. Or four four wins last season, five wins this season, six next year, seven the year after that, eight, nine, 10, 11, and then we're in the playoffs. It's only going to take seven years, folks, so gear up, Carolina. Seven years, you're golden. Seven years. That's the blueprint, folks. And then Matt Rule, again, has, quote, no problem with Panthers fans booing the team's Play saying, "quote Sometimes you need to be booed." So Matt Rule, and I hate when people do this. Yeah, they should be booing. Me, should be <laughs> booing. Me, uh, should be booing me. And you know, oh yeah, I take all the responsibility. And oh yeah, you know, I'm trash. I'm trash. I hate when you know people do that to try and deflect it and be like, well, you know, he is taking responsibility, so that's the good thing. Oh, you know, Matt Rule is actually a good coach because he's taking responsibility of being trash. I hate that. Uh, so Matt Rule. Trying to use reverse psychology of, oh yeah, sometimes you need to be booed, and whoa, this is a wake-up call, and they booed me, and they're right, and it takes seven years and all that, so if that's what y'all really want for your team, um, then keep Matt Rule, but uh, if any of what you just heard over the last uh, 10 minutes of w- what we've been talking about for this segment in this game and breaking it all down, I would demand, if I was a Carolina Panthers fan, I would demand that you immediately get rid of Matt Rule, immediately get rid of Sam Darnold. Immediately get rid of Cam Newton and start fresh uh, this off season. So that's what I would demand. But, um, you know, I'm making money off of it. So I guess I'm not going to be the one demanding it. I'm not going to be the one out in front, you know, leading the charge for Carolina. I got to leave that uh, up to the fans because uh, from my point of view, I'm loving it. <laughs> I am loving Matt Rule being on this Panthers team. Sheesh. Alrighty, so the Bucks get the win 32-6. They cover the 11.5. They would have covered 20-plus. Bingo, bingo, easy peasy. Alrighty, next game up is the Jags at the Jets. And once again, Jags are absolutely not good. Trevor Lawrence is one of the unclutchest quarterbacks that there is in the entire league because Jags down 26-21, 5 points, 4th and 1 at the one Trevor Lawrence pass incomplete game over on the one-yard line because Trevor Lawrence can't get it done like we know all the time. We've said this every single week uh, for like the last eight weeks because this is what we've seen all season long. Trevor Lawrence doesn't get it done on third down and doesn't get it done fourth and one at the one for the win. I mean, unclutch as heck. Um, also, I mean, what the hell are the Jags doing? You make it the big stink about everything being on Urban Meyer. All the players having the balls to kind of come out and be like, once that kind of first um, information came out of Urban Meyer not being a good coach and all that, everybody was piling on and piling on and piling on and kind of endorsing Urban Meyer being out. And then you lose the next two games and all that. So it obviously wasn't that much Urban Meyer. It's still the garbageness of the overall players and the coaches. So once again, Man, Urban Meyer may have a little bit of truth of the coaches being absolute losers. So not a great look optically at all here for the Jaguars after the last two weeks. Somebody has to get it done. Can somebody step up on this Jaguars team? Trevor Lawrence, I don't want to default you, but you are the you know number one overall pick in this year's draft. And I know you are a rookie, but at some point you've just got to get it done. You are the quarterback. It does Fall on you to get it done. You're the one delivering the ball to the players every single play. It falls on you. Be a great leader. Stop doing subway commercials where you're just modeling your hair, please. Get it done. Be the leader. Get that clutch ability. And we've honestly seen Trevor Lawrence get worse every single year since he popped off year one at Clemson and won the title. Every year after that, it's just been worse and worse and worse and worse and worse by Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, Urban Meyer said, hey, that's the quarterback I want for my football team. And now here we are, 2-13, and Urban Meyer is gone. And Jaguars have a very unclutch, getting worse every game. Trevor Lawrence, not great. All right, so let's start here with the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, You know, Jags, Jets, nothing to really talk about on this uh, in this game because nothing matters with this outcome. Two bad teams facing each other that came right down to the wire. No Robert Sala for the Jets and they get the win and, and the Jets scored points. They scored points in the second half where we've seen what the last two I know at least minimum the last two weeks but I want to say it's maybe even three four weeks the last four weeks here by the Jets that they didn't put up any points in the second half. So no Oh, Robert Sala, they score in the second half. Is Robert Sala a good coach? Now we're starting to get that conversation. So, I mean, is there anything positive to talk about between these two teams? I don't really think so. Uh, There is one positive, and that's on the Jets, a wide receiver. Got to shout him out, and we'll talk about that when we get to that. But let's start here with Trevor Lawrence being unclutch. Trevor Lawrence goes 26 of 39 26 of 39 we get 66 percent completion percentage that's pretty solid I'll give him that I'll give him 66 percent 280 yards solid there but look at this folks no touchdown no touchdown he didn't turn over the ball which oh no he did excuse me no interceptions. he did fumble twice and lost once um where did he lose this fumble at he fumbled third quarter first drive what is up with all these teams I mean it's like every game that we've broken down so far today uh one team their first drive out of half time, they're turning over the ball. What is going on at the locker room after halftime? Can y'all get it together, please? Jay's Louise. Uh teams coming out cold here to start the second half. That's not gonna get it done, as we see. So uh he fumbles the ball there, and uh luckily for the Jaguars, the Jets don't do anything with it. They go turnover on downs themselves. So alrighty there. Um, Jets, you know, not being or being on and not cashing in on turnovers, classic jets. Uh, so, Trevor Lawrence, not a bad game overall, just not clutch. And once again, you know, you got to be clutch at some point. Win a game. Can you win the game, one game? Can you be the single reason why you win a game, Trevor, please? Um, All righty. Russian game. Darre Ugonbowale, folks, leading rusher, 17 rushes, 57 yards, and a touchdown. James Robinson, three rushes for 10 yards. Unfortunately, he did tear his ACL, so unfortunate there. He's done, so Trevor Lawrence ran six times for 37 yards. Tavon Austin took off three times for 21 yards. And James Robinson, like we said before the injury, three, three rushes for 10 yards. All right, and then who was Trevor Lawrence slinging the ball to? We had Marvin Jones, leading receiver, 8 catches, 74 yards. Tavon Austin, 6 catches, 48 yards. Laquan Treadwell, 4 catches, 54 yards. James O'Shaughnessy, 4 catches, 49 yards. And Jacob Hollister, 2 catches for 20 yards. Just unfortunately, Trevor Lawrence could not get it done on the 1-yard line at the end of the game. That's what the game came down to. And then for Zach Wilson, he didn't look great either. So I'm not giving really uh, Zach Wilson any great credit for the win. Uh, But Zach Wilson goes 14 of 22. 63% completion percentage, but only for 102 yards, dinking and dunking. One touchdown, no interceptions. He didn't fumble. So well done for uh, Zach Wilson not turning over the ball. We'll give him a little credit for that. Uh, rushing attack. Michael Carter, great rushing attack. 16 rushes for 118 yards. Zach Wilson ran the ball solidly here. Four rushes for 91 yards and a touchdown. Man, oh man. Tevin Coleman, 14 rushes for 57 yards. So running back by committee truly got it done. And Zach Wilson, you know, cashed in. Uh, nobody expecting him to run the ball because nobody expects him to run the ball. So he ran the ball unexpectedly and got 91 yards on four rushes. It's uh, it's you know, it's it's good. Good for the game, but, you know, it's nothing that we're going to kind of weigh heavily here for Zach Wilson and all that. The man's not a dual threat quarterback. All righty, who was Zach Wilson getting the ball to? Now, this is where it gets interesting, folks. Braxton Berrios. I believe this is his third year in the league, so going into his fourth year. um, In Braxton Berrios, he was the leading receiver, but he also returned a, uh, a kick 102 yards for a touchdown folks a kick return touchdown by Braxton Berrios and they honestly may be able to kind of fine tool the offense towards Braxton Berrios speed so Braxton Berrios who has really been irrelevant every year in the league so far since he's been in the league and now coming along last week he added some great runs it's just some overall great production for um, I believe he scored a touchdown Braxton Berrios last week uh, but Braxton Berrios this week Week. Returns a kickoff 102 yards for the touchdown. Leading receiver, five catches for 37 yards. So we'll see if Braxton Berrios can maybe do something here and be a main fit heading into next season. We know the season's already over for the Jets here. Starting to kind of think about next year and who you want to bring back and what you kind of want to tailor the offense to. I would kind of keep Braxton Berrios and make this man a focal point of the offense for the Jets next year. We'll see what they do. <clears throat> Tyler Croft, second leading receiver, three catches, 29 yards. And then Keelan Cole, two catches for 25 yards. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, Zach Wilson being great here. It was really the defense. It was really just the rushing attack. And it was Braxton Berrios uh, with that great run to really kind of, you know, get him the win at the end of the day. Five-point win. Braxton Burial scores six off of that alone. I give Braxton Burials the MVP of uh, who really deserves all the credit for the Jets' win last night. Uh, so the Jets get, get the win 26-21 over the Jags. Alrighty, next game up here is the Lions at the Falcons, and the Falcons get the win here. Uh, Lions without Jared Goff, they go with Tim Boyle, and Tim Boyle looked decent, nothing great, game-managing, serviceable quarterback for one game, yes, and definitely against a Falcons team, which is nothing good, Uh, but the Falcons get the win at the end of the day here. It didn't look good, uh, but they got it done. Matt Ryan's not good. You still have to move off of Matt. Ryan at the end of the year only putting up 20 points in this game when you're trying to make that playoff push the Falcons are really knocking on the door of trying to get in that 7th seed in the NFC playoffs they need to win out obviously they need a little bit of help but overall it's still doable with 2 games left in the season and this was the performance that the Falcons put up knowing that they have to win out to try and get into the playoffs and they only scored 20 points at home against a Lions team and I know this Lions team is a little scrappy really all year long we shout out Dan Campbell very well done for Dan Campbell for keeping his uh, team tight and together throughout this entire year when they were trash up front and not winning games and not having great pieces I give Dan Campbell a lot of credit didn't think we were going to do that this year but we do give Dan Campbell a lot of credit for how he's handled this team Uh, So, Falcons, nothing great, folks. Here we go. Matt Ryan, let's just get this game done and over with, folks. Matt Ryan goes 18 of 24. That's solid production right there. I'll give him a little credit. 18 of 24, 75% completion percentage, 215 yards, one touchdown, no pig, no fumbles, anything like that. So, that was good by Matt Ryan. I'll give him a little credit for that. Uh, Rushing attack, nothing great here. Mike Davis, seven rushes for 28 yards. Cordell Patterson, seven rushes for only 14 yards. He scored a touchdown, though. Uh, Matt Ryan, who was he slinging the ball to? Well, half of his yards went to Kyle Pitts. Finally, Kyle Pitts getting actively involved in this offense. It only took like... 16 weeks to truly get it done here. Kyle picks six uh, catches for 102 yards. Russell Gage, four catches, 39 yards. He did fumble though. Unfortunately, Russell Gage fumbled in the fourth quarter and they almost lost the game because of that. Luckily, uh, Tim Boyle threw an interception at the 9-yard line. So the Falcons were this close of losing the game because Russell Gage turned over the ball. Uh, but Tim Boyle, just like Trevor Lawrence, is unclutched as heck and can't get it done in the red zone. At, you know, With the game on the line, down less than 6 points. So unfortunate there by Tim Boyle. Uh, fortunate for Matt Ryan because could you imagine if Matt Ryan lost to this Lions team and really kind of lost the playoffs because of that loss that would have been absolutely abysmal Um, so Kyle Pitts had a good game 6 catches on 6 targets for 102 yards Russell Gage 4 catches 39 yards he fumbled Uh, Olamide Zacchias 2 catches 32 yards Hayden Hurst 2 catches 21 yards and a touchdown and Marvin Hall 1 catch for 10 yards all righty, and then Tim Boyle, pretty solid day overall. Unfortunately, that interception, his one lone interception of the day came at the 7-yard line trying to win the game. Now that is truly unfortunate. So Tim Boyle goes 24 of 34 for 70% completion percentage. I give him credit. A little bit of a, uh, of a dink and dunk, 187 yards on 24 completions. One touchdown, the interception like we know. Uh, he didn't fumble, so okay, a little credit there rushing attack here by the Lions was pretty solid here. Jamal Williams 19 rushes for 77 yards, and then Craig Reynolds 11 rushes for 29 yards, and then Amon Ron St. Brown who has truly been getting it done here. Shout out to Amon Ron St. Brown folks. How long has this man been in this uh, in the league here? Because he is absolutely getting it done folks. He's 22 years old man. Oh, man rookie year. He is a rookie man. This dude is great here He's really kind of like 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 the only silver lining for this Lions team heading into next year. Amon, Ron St. Brown, leading receiver, nine catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. Josh Reynolds, two uh, two catches for 36 yards. Craig Reynolds, three catches, 22 yards. Kaderil Hodge, one catch for 21 yards. Tom Kennedy, two catches for 16 yards. And then Khalif Raymond, three catches for 12 yards. But like we've been saying, folks, Lions could not clutch it up. Unfortunate there, they lose. Falcons get to win twenty to sixteen. Alrighty, next game up here is the Chargers at the Texans and we had a great feeling about the Texans last night on our pre-game show. We took the Texans officially at plus 12.5, it started at plus, plus 13.5 when we started to talk about it and we loved it so much y'all were actively betting it and then like five minutes later y'all actively bet it down a full point. But either way you slice it, if you locked it in at Texans plus 13.5, if you locked it in at Texans plus 12.5, it doesn't matter. Because they win outright. Shout out to Davis Mills for getting it done here for the Texans. And now, you know, we get this big old meatball here. Chargers losing last night. And now the Chargers are out of the playoffs. Holy moly. Big old loss here over the Texans or hang on, um, they are, uh, yeah, they are officially out of the playoffs, uh, let me uh, refresh this, uh, we did a, uh, we've selected the Dolphins to win, uh, but uh, yeah, that does not change anything, the Ravens are the 7th seed at the current moment, so still currently, the Chargers are out of the playoffs here because of the loss yesterday, so where do we put this Chargers team on our kind of um, tier list here? Well, we're still going to put them in playoff contender list here for the Chargers. I don't believe they are playoff pretenders. Remember, the reason why we loved the Texans so much last night uh, and yesterday was not because of the of the Texans themselves, but because of the two big outs for the Chargers. No Mike Williams, who is kind of their number 2, number 1 wide receiver. It's all it's always Keelan Allen and uh Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, the number 2 receivers here for the Chargers. Every single game they're at the top 2 leading receivers for the Chargers. So, you're missing, you know, one of your two great weapons, and then you also didn't have your great defensive edge rusher of Joey Bosa. So... Chargers lose but I'm still going to count them as kind of playoff contenders here. Obviously they won't get in the Super Bowl Super Bowl contender category. They have just kind of, you know, dropped the ball here a couple of times throughout the season against kind of lower opponents just losing and the Texans obviously no exception last night. So Texans get the win 41 to 29. They got out to a hot start, a touchdown on their first drive. They punt on their second drive, a field goal on their third drive, touchdown on their fourth drive. They get into scoring range right after halftime. Unfortunately, missed a field goal, but then they're right back at it with a touchdown. Chargers fumble, they score three points off of it. Chargers score a touchdown. Texans score a touchdown. Chargers throw a pick six and it's game over. So consistent scoring throughout the entirety of the game here by the Texans. And remember, we saw this kind of the same thing when they faced the Patriots early on in the season. Great first half, but then kind of stunk it up in the second half. Great first half here. Great second half here and got the win. Um and just was consistent the entire game here. So once again, everybody calling for Will Cully's, uh, you know, um, or David Cully's job, saying he's on the hot seat—that was nonsense to us, folks. And we said that yesterday on the show. Just nonsense. Relax. This team is getting better. The whole Deshaun Watson situation and not having any great weapons here, at, anywhere on the uh, on the rushing ball side or passing ball side. Um, and then having Davis Mills in and out of the starting lineup, going with Davis Mills, he's trash, and then bringing back Ty. Right Taylor, he's not getting it done, having to go back to Davis Mills. David Cully has been handling all that and has four wins. Matt Rule has four wins, folks, so who's better? Matt Rule's got five wins, excuse me, but I still take this Texans team and David Cully over anything on that Panthers team. Stop betting the Panthers, please. Uh, so the Texans get the win 41-29. to Let's start here with Davis Mills. He played very, very well last night, folks. Man, oh, man. The man goes 21 of 27. We got 77% completion percentage, 254 yards, slinging it around, two touchdowns, no picks. You love to see it. And he also did not fumble the ball. Great night by Davis Mills last night. And then in the rushing attack, we had Rex Burkhead. What a great night as well. 22 rushes for 149 yards and two touchdowns. Royce Freeman, 12 rushes for 34, 34 yards as well. Alrighty. <clears throat> who was Brandon or Davis Mills throwing the ball to? Because we know there was no Brandon Cooks last night who was there who is their number one wide receiver. So another great um kind of addition to this Davis Mills performance. Not having your number one wide receiver. Fantastic. So Chris Connolly, leading receiver, three catches, sixty yards, and a touchdown. Bevin. Jordan, four catches, 56 yards. Philip Dorsett, three catches, 55 yards. Chris Moore, four catches, 40 yards. Nico Collins, three catches, 33 yards and a touchdown. And then Farrell Brown, two catches for 10 yards. So overall, rushing, passing, receiving game was all on point by the Texans and even their defense, picking off Justin Herbert twice enforcing Justin Jackson with the fumble. So off of turnovers here, let's count them. Uh, first turnover by the Chargers, interception, scores seven points by the Texans, fantastic. Second turnover by the Chargers was a fumble, three points scored off of it. The Third turnover was the pick six. So 17 points off of turnovers by the Texans, absolutely phenomenal right there, phenomenal job. All right, now on the Chargers side, Justin Herbert went 27 of 35. 27 of 35, we get 77% completion percentage. Fantastic there. 336 yards, slinging it around. One touchdown, but two interceptions. And this is what we see by Justin Herbert in their losses. Great stats, great all this, but those multiple turnover games. Let me quickly bring up these stats here by um, um, uh, Justin Herbert. That's his name. Uh, Justin Herbert here. Because that was the instance, I believe, in the Cowboys game earlier this year. The multiple interceptions here. Uh, So in their losses, loss against Dallas, 338 yards, 75% completion percentage, but those two interceptions can't have them. Against Denver, 303 yards, 63% completion percentage, two interceptions, can't have that. Against New England, uh, not a great game overall, but once again, two interceptions, can't have this. And once again, just this, uh, you know, yesterday, 336 yards, 77% completion percentage, but those two interceptions, those are always costly, those are always deadly, and when Justin Herbert loses, he's got a great game statistically, but the two picks, double-digit or multiple interceptions cost, cost the Chargers these wins here in some of these games, and also potentially their playoff, you know, life here this year, truly unfortunate, potentially, so Justin Herbert, great stats, but those two picks, costly, all right, Justin Jackson, leading, uh, leading rusher, 11 rushes for 64 yards, two touchdowns, but he fumbled as well. Can't do that. Justin Herbert uh, took off four times for 15 yards. And then who was Justin Herbert slinging the ball to? We had Justin Jackson, leading receiver, eight catches for 98 yards. Jason Moore, three catches, 56 yards. Jared Cook, three catches, 44 yards. Josh Palmer, five catches, 43 yards and a touchdown. And then we have Keenan Allen, four catches for 35 yards. So no Mike Williams. Keenan Allen was locked up all game, couldn't go to him. And that's big reasons why the Chargers lose, folks. We know this. So, Texans get the surprising big ol' win, 41-29. Alrighty, next game up here is the Ravens at the Bengals, and the Bengals get it done. Ravens on their third-string quarterback. And Joe Burrow playing like a first-string quarterback. Man, oh, man. Joe Burrow, holy moly, folks. Bengals scored on every single drive in the first half. They scored on basically every single drive in the second half here. They missed a field goal on their second-to-last drive, and then their last drive was the you know just the end of the game. They chewed off the last three-and-a-half minutes there, so they don't score any points. But just scoring on every single possession here that they basically basically had uh, getting great stops defensively and all that. But overall, Joe Burrow slung this ball around, folks. And we are definitely watching this man on our Wednesday film study. We got to appreciate and witness this greatness together and break it down and watch the excellent touch and finesse that Joe Burrow was playing with last night that gives us such great confidence of these kind of quarterbacks passing the torch, folks. I know we've talked about it a lot here. On the show, but kind of the changing of guards from kind of the early 2000s quarterbacks to kind of the new 2015 and above quarterbacks, the... Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady's Peyton Manning's Eli Manning's Ben Roethlisberger's Drew Brees's Phillip Rivers passing the torch to the new class of quarterbacks that are maybe equally as talented and maybe will be better than the kind of old school quarterbacks of uh, or the new age now of Patty Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and future playoff performer Tua Tagovailoa who will wrap it up tonight or we'll get into to the position tonight. This new age, this new era of quarterbacking play is in great hands because of Joe Burrow's performance last night. 37 of 46, folks. 80% completion percentage for 525 yards with four touchdowns and zero interceptions, folks. Absolutely getting it done. I don't know if there's been a quarterback passer to throw 80% while throwing for 525 yards. That's a stat that I do not think exists, but I will maybe try to look for that after the show and tweet it out or maybe talk about it tomorrow on the show. But it's absolutely perfect here by Joe Burrow. Fantastic. Running game was good. It was serviceable. It didn't need to be anything because Joe Burrow was taking care of businesses himself. But Joe Mixon, 18 rushes for 65 yards and a touchdown. Joe Burrow took off twice for 11 yards as well. All right, who was Joe Burrow slinging the ball to? And this is great right here. This is what I really want to see a little bit more of here. T. Higgins, leading receiver, 12 catches for 194 yards and two touchdowns. Let's get T. Higgins the ball a little bit more. He's 6'4". Let's start to, you know, get him a lot of targets. And I know they have, you know, targeted him a lot. And he has had a lot of good games here. But I want more, more, more. Uh, We had a 97-yard game by T. Higgins week 8. It's just really as of recently, folks. These are the last, like, five games by the Bengals here. T. Higgins, 114 yards, 138 yards, 114 yards, 23 yards, and then just last night, 194 yards. These last five games here, last five games is exactly what I want to see by T. Higgins every single game. Obviously, not the you know the yards production, but just the overall kind of targets. And, uh, you know, obviously we still need a little bit of that offensive production. I don't need to see 200 yards every game by this man because that's kind of impossible but uh, still want to see this man kind of top of the receiving targets and receiving yards here because he is that big man uh, you know deep threat weapon 6-4 will go up and get it and you saw this man we might well we'll watch it because you know I'm sure we'll see T Higgins throws in Joe Burrow's highlights that we'll watch on Wednesday but T Higgins strong hands when he was catching the ball he was just kind of holding the ball like this out in front of him like yeah I caught it not bringing it into his body not tucking it to protect it he was just like my hands are Strong enough, I can just literally hold the hold the ball in my two hands and run down the field. You know, with my arms outstretched, with the ball out in front of me. He does not need to bring it into his body. He's strong hands, big body, six four. He goes out, he goes up and gets it, folks. All right, then we get Jamar Chase seven catches for 125 yards. He or 125 yards. He's fantastic. Tyler Boyd three catches, 85 yards, a touchdown. Joe Mixon six catches, 70 yards, a touchdown. C.J. Uzama five catches for 36 yards. He was slinging it all around the field, folks. And then for the Ravens, Josh Johnson. Got down big, got down bad. Unfortunately, Josh Johnson did not look as good as Joe Burrow. Obviously, we can see that in the stats. But Josh Johnson still had a decent game here. And now, once again, you know, it begs the question, is Lamar Jackson that special or is it just the Ravens offense that is good? I don't think that's the case because I don't like really anything about this Ravens offense besides Lamar Jackson. But is Lamar Jackson that special? We see Josh Johnson with some solid yards here. Now, they did get kind of blown out here, so these kind of garbage yards and all that maybe obviously don't tell the full picture here, um, but, uh, you know, we just saw... Um, who was it uh, last week uh, for the Ravens, like the last two weeks, kind of getting it done and looking good and being competitive and keeping the games close. Uh, so Lamar Jackson, man, uh, you know, looking for that big contract. They haven't given it to him yet. Is he that special of a player? That's its going to start to be kind of the question here in this offseason, especially if the Ravens don't make the playoffs this year. So uh, Lamar Jackson is not going to have a fun offseason narrative-wise. I can definitely guarantee you that, folks. So, Josh Johnson goes 28 of 40. Uh, We get 70% completion percentage. That's pretty solid. 304 yards. I'll take it. Two touchdowns. uh, Good. One interception. We don't love it. They did get kind of down big bad. They were down 31 to 14 at halftime. Uh, 34... to 14 going into the fourth quarter. So, you know, it's not like it was competitive. Uh, but the yards and the stats are pretty solid out here. A Kirk Cousins performance, if you will. Uh, but you got to win the games. And that's what Lamar Jackson does do. He does win the game. Maybe the stats don't always look good. But he does win the game. And that's kind of the biggest thing that... Um, Uh, Lamar Jackson has of why he should be the guy and get paid and all that because he can win you games and we've seen that driving down final drive after he's already thrown a couple of interceptions a couple of pick sixes and he still goes down and wins the game single handedly so uh, that's what he does folks. All right, the rushing game for the Ravens. Devontae Freeman, six uh, rushes for 17 yards and a touchdown. Latavius Murray, five rushes for 12 yards. And then Josh Johnson himself, five rushes for uh, 10 yards. Uh, But overall, you get down big bad, you can't continue to run the ball. So they did not continue to run the ball. All right, and then who is Josh Johnson slinging the ball to? We had Mark Andrews, who everybody utilizes, obviously. Eight eight catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. James Proche, seven catches for 76 yards. Marquise Brown, five catches for 44 yards. Rashad Bateman, four catches for 26 yards and a touchdown. Tylan Wallace, one catch, 18 yards. And Latavius Murray, one catch for 12 yards. But the Bengals get the win, 41-21. to Bengals get the division lead. They are now the third seed in the AFC and Joe Burrow just had an all-time performance. And such an all-time performance that he was uh, making uh, making some people upset here. But look at this stat right here, folks. Against Baltimore in their franchise history, quarterbacks that have thrown 400-plus passing yards and three passing touchdowns against Baltimore in the franchise history. There was only four quarterbacks to do that. Throw 400 yards and three passing touchdowns against Baltimore in their franchise's history, folks. The four quarterbacks that have done that, some solid names, obviously. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Eli Manning. Have you ever heard of that? And then there's two more quarterbacks on this list just this year alone. And that's Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow. He's done it twice this year against Baltimore, um, where it's only been done four times before Joe Burrow this year, folks. How crazy is that? And then Joe Burrow was making the defensive coordinator get in his feelings because after the game, Ravens defensive coordinator Don Martindale says, quote, I don't think we're ready to buy a gold jacket for Joe. Saying, hey, you know, let's tone it down. He's still young. He had one good game and all that. Obviously, nobody's saying this man's a Hall of Famer right now. Obviously, but we know Joe Burrow's gosh damn good. And you know, we just told y'all, you know, passing the torch, the the NFL's in great hands with these young quarterbacks. So day Don Martindale got absolutely obliterated, could not stop, you know, young Joe Burrow. And now, you know, he wants to be like, well, let's not, you know, give him a lot of credit and all that. And then Joe Burrow rebuttals that saying, quote, I didn't think it was a necessary comment. And that's exactly what it was. It wasn't necessary. Why take away something great from Joe Burrow, a great historic performance? Because it came at your expense? Because you got exposed? Because now your playoff, you know, life is on the line here? Don't disrespect greatness right here because you got exposed take accountability, get better because he just exposed your ass twice this year. So yeah, maybe we should be thinking about buying Joe Burrow a gold jacket and maybe you don't deserve a gold jacket Don Martindale. You don't deserve it because you got absolutely obliterated by a second year coming back from an obliterated leg injury and he dropped 500 yards on your defense. You're trash. You don't deserve the gold jacket. Joe Burrow's the greatest quarterback of all time. We know this so Bengals get the win 41 to 21 Alrighty, next game up here, Bears at the Seahawks, and, uh, you know, Seahawks lose, folks, and how unfortunate here, Uh, Russell Wilson is most likely gone, I mean, like, I don't know how he can stay here, after last season, after this season not really being better than last season, and you change your offensive coordinator, and you still are having the same struggles of the offensive line, and the play calling, and all that, so, I don't know, folks, it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Seahawks and Matt Nagy somehow keeps his job for another week. He should be fired, but it seems like he's going to be able to play for the rest of the season here as the Bears head coach, and maybe, maybe he tricks ownership into keeping him one more year. So two bad teams. Uh, Bears get the win here with Nick Foles, so that does not make, you know... Justin Fields look good or Andy Dalton look good. It makes Matt Nagy look a little good because he wanted Nick Foles last year. Nick Foles was trash last year. Didn't result in the wins, but Nick Foles got the win this year. So here we go. Let's start talking about Nick Foles here. Nick Foles goes 24 of 35. That's pretty solid. 24 of 35. We get 68% completion percentage, 250 yards, one touchdown, no pick. A nice, clean game here by Nick Foles. He fumbled, but didn't lose it. Um, went down and scored a touchdown late in the fourth quarter to take the lead, and Seahawks couldn't answer, and that was the game. So kind of clutchability here by Nick Foles. Man, oh, man, surprising. And now Nick Foles is once again going to be kind of, you know, talked about this offseason about quarterbacking, about uh, teams that need quarterbacks. So Nick Foles is going to be relevant this off season, folks, because of this performance and because of Matt Nagy. Damn you, Matt Nagy. All right, in the rushing attack, we had David Montgomery, 21 rushes for 45 yards and a touchdown. Yikes, that's not good. Khalil Herbert, two two rushes for 21 yards and a touchdown, and then Damian Williams, one rush for 12 yards. Who was Nick Foles slinging the ball to? We had David Montgomery, leading receiver, seven catches for 61 yards. Then Darnell Mooney, five catches, 57 yards. Cole Komet, four catches, 49 yards. And Jimmy Graham, two catches, 30 yards and a touchdown. Marquise Goodwin, two catches, 23 yards. Demir Bird, one catch, 11 yards. Daz Newsome, one catch for 10 yards. So he was spreading the wealth all over the field last night. We'll give that man a little bit of credit. And then for the Seahawks, Russell Wilson goes 16 of 27 for 181 yards uh, and two touchdowns and no picks. Russell Wilson, 59% completion percentage. I mean, it's just not looking good here by the Seahawks, uh, Seahawks offense. It's not looking consistent. It's not looking deadly. I mean, watching Russell Wilson, you know, for the last 5 years here um oh, uh, besides the last 2 years the 5 years before the last 2 years watching Russell Wilson it, it was like at any moment it could break big it can break big He can make that big play it was kind of like Patrick Mahomes it, it's truly watch it's honestly we I'm I'm telling y'all folks We talked about Russell Wilson exactly like we talked about Patrick Mahomes, folks. So we'll see if Patrick Mahomes can last more than kind of five, six years at the top because now we see where Russell Wilson is currently, and that could potentially be Patrick Mahomes' future, folks. It could be that. So we got to keep an eye on that. But Russell Wilson, 16 of 27, 181 yards. That's solid. I'll give him that. Two touchdowns, no picks. Solid there. Just does not get the win and couldn't clutch it up on that final drive, unfortunately. All right, the rushing attack was good here by the Seahawks. Rashad Penny, 17 rushes for 135 yards and a touchdown. DJ Dallas, four rushes, 15 yards. And then Russell Wilson took off twice for 13 yards. Who was Russell Wilson slinging the ball to? We had Gerald Everett leading, re- uh, leading receiver four catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf two catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. While well, one catch went for 41 yards and a touchdown, so his second catch is only other catch of the entire game because that catch, that touchdown catch, and all of his yards came. With nine minutes left in the first quarter. So once again, just not using DK Metcalf, all that. You've got to get that man involved in the offense. We had Tyler Lockett, three catches, 30 yards. Get that man involved in the offense more, please, as well. DJ Dallas, four catches, 23 yards. And then Dwayne Eskridge, two catches for 10 yards. So they're not utilizing any of their playmakers consistently. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and uh, they're losing games. They're five and ten, and now are basically officially eliminated from the playoffs because of this loss. So, Seahawks lose 24 to 25. Matt Nagy gets the win, unfortunately. Alright, we got to go through these last uh, three games a little bit quickly here. So here we go. Steelers at the Chiefs here. Chiefs get the dominant win and the Steelers are officially done, folks. We knew they were done and they are officially done. No longer in the playoff picture. I doubt they get back in it and Big Ben is just looking absolutely atrocious. The whole offense is looking absolutely atrocious. Chiefs got it done from start to finish. Consistent through the entire game and just dominated the entire game. This was not a close game. Uh, Chiefs get the win 36-10. Let's start here with the Chiefs since they got the win, and they did it with no Travis Kelsey, and we always know Travis Kelsey is always kind of their number one or number two leading receiver for the squad every single game, so that's a big credit to Andy Reid, big credit to Patrick Mahomes, and uh, this Chiefs uh, team is right back of being absolutely the top team in the league like they have been the last three, four years. So, Patrick Holmes goes 23 of 30, efficient as heck, 76% completion percentage, 258 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, clean game, clean game. Um, rushing attack, Darryl Williams, 11 rushes for 55 yards. Derek Gore, 12 rushes for 43 yards. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 9 rushes for 27 yards and a touchdown. So overall, running back by committee here, 3 running backs and Patrick Mahomes. I love this offense. We'll see if they keep it up and stick to it. All right. Who is Patrick Mahomes slinging the ball to because they didn't have uh, uh, Travis Kelsey? Here we go. Brian Pringle, leading receiver, six catches for 75 yards and two touchdowns. Derek Gore, three catches, 61 yards. Mecole Harmon, three catches, 31 yards and a touchdown. Daryl Williams, three catches, 30 yards. And then Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill, two catches, 19 yards. Travis Kelsey, not in the game. And they still win. Put up 36 points. Dominant, efficient, all that. Man, oh, man. This Chiefs team, they are the real deal. And now they have officially put the team on, uh, the league on notice. And because of that, we will put, we will. Will put the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl contender category, obviously. Very well done with their performance. Loved what they did last night um all righty and now for the Steelers they are officially done we know this folks big Ben goes 23 of 35 23 of 35 for 65 percent completion percentage but it was dink and dunk 159 yards on 23 completions one touchdown one interception and interception came on the second drive resulted into seven points for the Chiefs and now they're up 14 nothing early on midway first quarter game over at that point given that the Steelers team cannot move the ball for the life of them. Um, And then Mason Rudolph gets in the game, 5 of 8 for 35 yards. Game over. Don't want to risk Big Ben anymore, trying to still do something these last two weeks. But uh, Big Ben's year is over. His career is over. He will be retiring after this year, and that's exactly what it should be. Unfortunate, but that's what it should be. Uh, Rushing attack, Najee Harris, 19 rushes for 93 yards. Benny Snell, five rushes for 20 yards. And then Mason Rudolph took off once for 17 yards. All right, who was Big Ben trying to sling the ball to? Uh, Deontay Johnson, leading receiver, six catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. Chase Claypool, four catches, 41 yards. Zach Gentry, four catches, 31 yards. Ray-Ray McLeod, four catches, 25 yards. Najee Harris, five catches, 17 yards. And then Cody White, three catches for 16 yards. Nothing good. Uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger threw an interception. He fumbled. Deontay Johnson fumbled as well. Uh, One fumble results into a touchdown, the Deontay Johnson fumble, and then the Big Ben fumble results into a field goal. So Chiefs capitalizing on all the points. I believe that was 17 off the three turnovers, and you love to see it. So, Chiefs get the win 36-10. to And then we get the Broncos at the Raiders and super disappointed in this Broncos team. This was Drew Locke's opportunity to show that he can be the guy. That he can get it done. But last week, loss. This week, loss. Last week, filling in for Teddy Bridgewater goes down, lose. This week has to just be the guy the entire game and he loses this game. So, Drew Locke. I really think, uh, is officially done in the league. I don't think he should be kind of a number two quarterback anywhere. I don't know if you even bring this dude in for a kind of a competition, a quarterback competition to push anybody else. I do think Drew Locke is officially done as a quarterback in this league, and it is a little unfortunate, but, you know, you're not winning games, and you've got to win games. I think he won, like, his first three starts, and that got his name on the map. And that was at the end of like two, three years ago. And then he got his start and then he kept losing and he kept losing and he keeps losing and now he keeps on losing. So unfortunate here by Drew Locke. He went 15 of 22 for 68% completion percentage, which is good, but only 153 yards. That's not going to get it done. No touchdown, no picks. I'll give him credit for not turning over the ball. That is a big old knock that we do have on Drew Locke that he does turn over the ball, fumbles, interceptions more consistently than not. But overall, you're not getting it done by just throwing the ball 53, 153 yards. Uh, Broncos didn't stick with the running attack, which I don't understand why. Javante Williams, 7 rushes for 12 yards and a touchdown. Drew Locke, Drew Locke took off twice for 10 yards. And then get this, folks. Melvin Gordon, 7 rushes for a negative 4 yards. So Melvin Gordon should be done off the Broncos. Drew Locke should be done off the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater should be the only real person. Javante Williams and... And uh, Teddy Bridgewater should really be the only big offensive pieces to come back. Obviously, you keep Jerry, Judy, and Corlin Sutton and all that. But um, I get rid of Melvin Gordon. I get rid of Drew Locke. They are not helping your team at all here. And then who was Drew Locke slinging the ball to? We had Jerry Judy, three catches, 60 yards. Cortland Sutton, four catches, 33 yards. And Noah Fan, three catches, 30 yards. Then Tim Patrick, two catches, 18 yards. So he's slinging it to his actual weapons, which is good. But overall, it did not result into anything meaningful. No points, no consistency, anything like that. And they lose by four, 17 to 13. All right, and then on the Raiders' side of the ball, Derek Carr goes 20 of 25. Solid there. We get 80% completion percentage, 201 yards, one touchdown, one interception here by Derek Carr. He lost a fumble. Josh Jacobs fumbled as well. So three turnovers by the Broncos. Let's see what they did with all these turnovers. So here we go. First turnover by the Raiders comes in the second quarter. Fumble here by Josh Jacobs, and it goes three points for the Broncos. Now we get the Derek Carr interception right at the end of the second quarter. Fumble, interception, last two drives of the first half here by the Raiders. Three points off the fumble and then seven points off the interception because they're at the one-yard line. So that's where they can punch in the touchdown on the one-yard line. So ten points off of turnovers. And then the final fumble came to a missed field goal by the Broncos in the third quarter. So 13 of their ten points came from turnovers. Seven of their 13 points came because they got the ball on the one-yard. So once again, Drew Locke was not moving the ball consistently at all in this game. All right, Josh Jacobs ran the ball 27 times for 129 yards solid there. He did fumble, unfortunate. Then we had Peyton Barber, five rushes for 22 yards and a touchdown. Alright, and then who was Derek Carr slinging the ball to? We had Foster Moreau, four catches, 67 yards. Zay Jones, six catches, 50 yards. Deshaun Jackson, four catches, 44 yards. And then Hunter Renfro, three catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Still need this Raiders offense to be a little bit more better. Uh, We're not changing our overall opinion by this Raiders team because they beat the Broncos at home. We still believe this Raiders team is not the real deal. And we still believe that Derek Carr is now starting to kind of be associated in the same kind of discussion as a Baker Mayfield and for that we are starting to get kind of cold feet on Derek Carr and that's not good because the stats are great and all that and he can sling the ball and he's got a big arm but it's not resulting in any wins and for that we're starting to get a little nervous here so Raiders get the win 17 to 13 but we're still not really kind of uh, buying the Raiders All right, and that brings us to the last game of the night. Washington at the Cowboys, and that Walk of Fame defense, folks, is the only thing that you need to know. Man, oh, man, love it. Love it. Walk of Fame defense was absolutely fantastic. Taylor Heineke, two interceptions. Let's see what uh, this Cowboys defense did in terms of sack and all that. Micah Parsons, a sack, a tackle for loss. Calvin Joseph, a tackle for loss. Demarcus Lawrence, a sack, a tackle for loss. Anthony Brown, a tackle for loss. We get Jerron Kurse, a uh, sack, a tackle for loss. Terrell Bashman, a half a sack. Durant Armstrong, a sack. And then Chauncey Golston, a half a sack. So this defense here by the Cowboys got it done. And I'm glad that this Cowboys team got the revenge on Washington, just like the Eagles got the revenge on the Giants from a couple weeks ago. Blew them out this game. Cowboys struggled with Washington in the second half a couple weeks ago and then blow them out this game. Cowboys get to win 56-14. to All right, Dak Prescott basically only played the first half because they were up so big that they really sat him for the second half here. We had Dak Prescott go 28 of 39. 28 of 39, fantastic, 71%, 330 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, fantastic. And then Cooper Rush gets sent in, two of three for 70 yards and a touchdown. All right, rushing attack, nothing great here. Once again, it was just really the defense and uh, Dak Prescott slinging the ball. Ezekiel Elliott, nine rushes, 37 yards, a touchdown. Tony Pollard, eight Rushes for 34 yards. Dak Prescott took off four times for 21 yards. All right, who was Dak slinging the ball to? We had Amari Cooper, leading receiver. Seven catches, 85 yards, a touchdown. Dalton Schultz, eight catches, 82 yards, a touchdown. Malik Turner, three catches, 82 yards, a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, four catches, 66 yards. No touchdown. And we see CeeDee Lamb, five targets, four catches. So we see his overall production come down a little bit where we kind of see him always at kind of like eight, nine, ten plus targets, only six tar- or five targets last night. So a little interesting there. We've kind of been tracking the, uh, the the chemistry between Dak and CeeDee Lamb. It's not 100% there. And now we get a lack of targets. Interesting. Michael Gallup, two catches for 53 yards. Tony Pollard, two catches, 16 yards. And then Sed Wilson, two catches for 10 yards. So kind of flawless game here by the Cowboys offensively, defensively. And then for Taylor Heineke and Washington getting absolutely kind of exposed here and kind of brought down back to earth, humbled, if you will. Taylor Heineke, 7 of 22. Those are Cam Newton numbers, 31%, 121 yards, one touchdown, two interception. Threw an interception on the first drive, resulted into seven points there for the Cowboys, and then he threw a pick six, uh, two drives later. So Taylor Heineke's trash. They bring in Kyle Allen. He goes eight of ten for sixty seven yards and a touchdown. Nothing good rushing attack. You can't run when you're getting absolutely obliterated. Jarrett Patterson, nine rushes, 33 yards. We had Antonio Gibson, six rushes for 29 yards. And DeAndre Carter, one rush for 15 yards. And then who are these quarterbacks trying to sling the ball to? We had Diami Brown, leading receiver, two catches, 53 yards. John Bates, two catches, 45 yards and a touchdown. Then we have Terry McLaurin, three catches, 40 yards. Antonio Gibson, two catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. And then da- Dax Mean, one catch for 14 yards. But absolute destruction here by the Cowboys, very well done. They win 56-14. to And then after the game, Dak Prescott said, quote, or didn't say quote quite yet, but said this, it'd be hard for anyone to say the Cowboys offense is in a slump after explosion versus Washington. So, I don't know. I I, I agree a little bit with that, but I still want to see what this Cowboys team can do next week. It truly seems like this defense carries the offense. They got the interception first, then they get the touchdown. They get a touchdown great by the offense, but then the defense gets a pick six. I mean, it's 21 points in the first quarter because of really the defense here. So I still want to believe in this Cowboys offense, but I'm a bigger believer in the Cowboys defense, and I believe that this Cowboys defense is making it way easier for the Cowboys offense to get it done. If the Cowboys defense was not as good as it is, I do not believe that this Cowboys offense would be talked about as it is Currently. So I'm still going to take it one more week. I'm still not ready to put this Cowboys team in Super Bowl contenders quite yet. Still going to leave them in playoff contenders and very good in playoff contenders. But maybe one more week of a nice, dominant, consistent offensive performance. And then we will be buying into them 100%. But well done to the Walk of Fame defense. It's the best thing about the Cowboys. Ball hawks everywhere. Fantastic. Um, It's just all over the place, folks. It's honestly all fantastic. Everybody. And Trayvon Diggs is an absolute monster at cornerback, man. Oh, man. So, Cowboys get to win 56 214. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. But one last time, Dolphins minus three is an official pick tonight. It's easy, easy value. They get the playoffs. Four string quarterback by the Saints. Dolphins still being disrespected by only being minus three on the road. That's absolutely disrespectful. So, Dolphins tonight, folks. We gave all of our good luck, all of our good energy, and now we just have to wait till the time comes for the game to begin. Oof, it's going to be a long, what do we got? Eight hours? Man, oh, man. Six, seven hours till it begins? Man, oh, man. Alrighty, folks. That's gonna do it for us today. We're back tomorrow, live around noon Eastern. We'll break down the Dolphins game from tonight. We'll do our NBA Daily Ten. Well, uh, what do we gotta do tomorrow? No power rankings because we're kind of done with that. But uh, once again, just kind of uh, um, going into you know contenders, pretenders, all of that. And I also want to kind of play out the next two weeks in the playoff machine and seeing how we believe the playoff race will finish. We'll do that tomorrow on the show. Uh, so that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Dolphins minus three, make some money. And once again, never bet the Panthers. Please, please, please stop betting the Panthers. All right, folks.